Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. Last week, we spoke about demographics and the way they determine how the economy will fare. It's about the number of people going through a given phase at a particular point in time and how that drives the way they spend their money. There has, however, been a change for this week. We were going to talk about future trends, but given the impact the new administration's tax plan might have on your investments and the fact that many of you might already be taking steps in response, we felt we needed to adjust. It's pretty important stuff. After signing our country's constitution, Ben Franklin said, everything seems to promise it will be durable, but in this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes. To begin with, when it comes to the accumulation, preservation of wealth, it's not what you earn, but what you keep that counts. And the truth is, there are only three things we can do with our money once we've earned it. We can spend it, save it, or reinvest it. And the most advantageous, of course, is to reinvest because that allows for compounding, which Barnaby recently wrote about in an article titled The Pareto Principle. By reinvesting, it offers you the potential for exponential growth over time. That's right. And your first check each month should be to your 401k or profit sharing plan, not only because it defers taxes, but because it forces you to pay yourself. In addition, if your company offers it, contributing may qualify you for what's called a corporate match, which as far as we're concerned, is the best risk-adjusted return in the world because it literally doubles your money the moment it's in your account. But taxes, again, are a necessary part of society and a responsibility we all have to help pay for the community and social projects like schools, water transportation or defense. And whether we like it or not, our next payroll deduction will be for taxes. So the truth is the tax code changes so often that it too needs a deep discussion and may not only be impossible, but inadvisable in a podcast like this. But understanding at least a few of the basics is critical. For example, given the frequent changes, hiring a CPA, a certified public accountant, for more complex decisions, like if and when you'll be subject to the alternative minimum tax, in our opinion, is worth the cost. It's also important to understand the difference between capital gains and ordinary income. To varying degrees, investors have long been rewarded for holding investments for a year or longer to qualify for lower tax rates versus, say, on a trade or Robinhood, where any gains you make are treated the same as your wages, ordinary income, and where it's so easy to violate the wash sale rule or loss rule. And this, of course, is where one of the first proposed changes under the new tax plan comes into play. 
Under current law, for married couples filing jointly, if you earn between, say, two hundred dollars and $500,000, the federal tax on that part of your income is 35%, and for everything over, it rises to 37 On the other hand, if you would reinvest and hold for a year or more, the tax on the additional gain falls to 20% max. That's a pretty strong incentive to buy and hold. And the reason for it has been that it encourages people to invest in our country's companies, to save for the future, and to promote longer-term thinking, both for companies and individuals. Under the new Biden plan, however, for people earning more than 400000 regardless of where you live or how expensive it is to live there, the top marginal rate could rise to 39.6% for capital gains. And as they already are in California, be treated as the same as ordinary income. That is at the highest rate. And that's just federal. In California, at that level of income, we also pay anywhere between 93 to 12.3%. So that's 51.9% for everything over a million, not counting property or sales tax, which just gets us here and in New York to more than 60%. Personally, I don't know what's paying one's fair share means anymore. But either way, the incentive to hold for more than a day will, if this law is passed, be eliminated and, I believe, add to market volatility. In addition, if capital gains and dividends are taxed the same at the highest rate, the incentive for companies to pay a dividend in the first place is reduced, and I believe they may begin to favor stock buybacks instead. Stock buybacks are an attractive way for companies to return capital to shareholders because the company has greater flexibility to act when and as they see fit or over whatever period of time they choose without obligation or repercussions, especially when times are bad. When, in order to lower expenses, companies are sometimes forced to cut or suspend dividends, and which I can tell you is not only upsetting to shareholders, it's bad for PR. Yes, and unfortunately, it hurts older retired people more than most because so many rely on those dividends to supplement Social Security income and for the dividends to rise each year to offset the cost of inflation. That sense of obligation that many companies now feel will go away, and as a consequence, we think could harm a number of sectors, including utilities, telecoms, and possibly REITs, whose businesses are more mature, have slower growth rates, and have historically relied on dividends to reward shareholders. But rather than argue whether the proposed tax increase is going too far or not, let's highlight the few things people should be discussing with their advisor this year for sure. To begin with, there are a number of childcare credits, student loan forgiveness, and charitable deductions, which were quite generous. And for 2021, cash donations to charity entitle the donor to deduct 100% of the amount given against their gross income, which now more than ever makes giving a win-win to consider. Also, when it comes to your investments, regardless of which way you think things will go, you can always minimize them by using strategy to harvest tax losses by selling, for example, a position at a loss in your taxable accounts when in the short term, a given company might be experiencing a setback, waiting 31 days before buying it back. There are always ways, especially during market volatility, to reduce the tax bite. So if volatility does increase, there might be a reason to sell something on a short-term basis. But from what we've said... One might think we're saying that now is the time to sell before they pass this new law. 
The problem is that doing so might not do you any good. In August 1993, when Bill Clinton raised taxes for estates and upper-income individuals, Congress made them retroactive to January 1st. And when challenged, the Supreme Court agreed 9-0 that Congress and state lawmakers have virtually unlimited powers to do so. Even when a taxpayer is penalized for taking what was a legal deduction, that's then repealed. As long as they're acting with a, quote, legitimate legislative purpose in mind. According to Chief Justice Harry Blackman, tax legislation is not a promise and a taxpayer has no vested right in the Internal Revenue Code. In any any event, since the 1930s, the fact is the high court has repeatedly upheld retroactive tax changes and any decision you make should be based on the merits of the investment itself, not the fear that laws will change to avoid higher taxes. They will change one way or the other. But unfortunately, while you can run, you can't hide. Again, true. Trying to outsmart the IRS usually ends in tears, but there are always legitimate ways to reduce or avoid taxes. And like we said, retirement accounts where you can shelter earnings before they've been taxed and then focus on tax-deferred growth for your later years when withdrawals are required. Also, there are things called Roth 401ks and IRAs where you contribute after-tax earnings, but with them, you're never taxed again, even when you do take withdrawals. So if you have a decade or more before retirement, and if you believe your tax bracket is higher now than it will be later when you're retired, these are great ways to continue the compounding that's so important a part of long-term returns. The bottom line is we encourage you to look at all of your strategies because there may be ways, even in the face of higher taxes, to keep more of your assets. But taxes alone should never drive your investment decisions. Again, this is just a start, but thanks for listening and please keep those questions coming. Feel free to offer us any feedback you might have on what we said and if there are any topics you'd like us to include going forward. And if you have questions, please reach out to either Barnaby or me. And please join us next week when we'll return with future trends. We promise. This is Barnaby Levin and Lori Cammy for the Plutonomics Podcast, signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, and advisory services through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunity to reference herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and any investment opportunity referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable, and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date reference and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and they do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.